and welcome to this special edition of the podcast, where we celebrate women who work across the UK construction sector. Imagine a gender equal world, a world free of bias, stereotypes and discrimination, a world that is diverse, equitable and inclusive, a world where difference is valued and celebrated. Together, we can forge women's equality. Collectively, we can all break the bias. I'm your host, Anna Scothan, Chief Executive of the National Home Improvement Council. And in this episode, I'm excited to be chatting with Jenny McLaughlin from Heathrow Airport. Hi, Jenny. Hi, it's uh, lovely to be chatting to you and, and such a, an amazing area of the business that it's quite often neglected that you uh, you chair. So I'm really, really pleased to speak to you too. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for joining us today. Now, you're currently project manager at Heathrow. How did your career bring you to this point? Uh, it was a very wavy, wiggly line uh, to get here. Um, so I um, did uh, psychology and cultural studies as my degree. Um, and I did a various amounts of um, different admin roles and uh, I even was a hotel receptionist. I've pretty much uh, done call centres, a whole heap of different stuff. Um, And I realised that I had got quite bored and stuck. So I decided to do my master's in um, environment, society and policy. And a role came up at East Midlands Airport uh, to uh, do um, environmental um, administrator at the time, which is basically noise complaints. Um, But I grew that role um, while I was there looking at safeguarding which is making sure any structures in and around um, East Midlands uh, aren't going to affect the safety of the aircraft and then a role came up at Heathrow and I decided to come home so I'm originally from Hertfordshire so it was nice to come um, back down south Um, nothing that there's anything wrong with the Midlands love the Midlands too but it was nice to come um, closer to my family Um, and uh, in that role I did again um, a whole load of stuff um, in and around the environment Um, then worked airside in operationals doing minor projects that um, were supposed to be things like uh, paint markings etc except from what I decided to do was create the first uh, UK de-icing pad um, off uh, off gate um, then did some IT projects and uh, after a while was uh, convinced that the, my next move was into the construction side at Heathrow so been a project manager um, proper in that sense for about four years now um, absolutely love my role it, it brings together everything I've learned on my journey um, and I'm able to use that every single day uh, in my role as a project manager. Fantastic and you've done sort of pretty much the opposite of me because I'm now in the East Midlands so I I used to live um, in Kew and had a flat at one point that was literally under Concord's descent into Heathrow so Concord was you could see the landing gear coming down it was that close to the top of the flat and then I decided to move home to family uh, so back up in the East Midlands so that's fantastic how um, where work takes us they say life takes you to many places love brings you home absolutely Um, so I want to dive in if I might with the big question straight away Um, are global issues like International Women's Day important do we need them Um, unfortunately I think we do Um, I think we need to highlight um, that for many years and in history um, the leaps and bounds and innovation that women have been involved with have been um, overlooked Mm -hmm. Um, and if you look back through time there are many things where uh, women were in you know instrumental to something being created but only the man was celebrated 
And I think it's important to uh, to to swap the dial on that and start actually recognising the amount of women um, within the construction and engineering sector who are moving the dial along. You only need to look at what's happened in the last two years with COVID and those that are celebrated um, for achieving uh, sort of insurmountable things. Um, to recognise the talents that, that are, are inherent in in uh, in women, um, I hope at some point in the future that we no longer need it. I think mm. that sometimes celebrating one. Uh, characteristic over another becomes divisive and actually what we need to start um, celebrating is human beings we need to get to the point where we are celebrating the intersectionality therefore looking at that you know a woman is also um, uh, has an ethnicity or a culture she may or may not have a disability she um, uh, she uh, may or not decide to remain a, a, a she if if if, uh, if if that is is how her gender um, represents to her. So I think it's important, yes, but I hope in the future that it's not something that we need uh, to continue doing in order to to elevate women to where they should be. Yeah, for sure, and we definitely. You know, um, we don't want to see things like, you know, female scientist and female engineer. And it's like, we're just a scientist. We're just yeah. an engineer. You, d- you don't need the prefix on it. <laughs> the no. gender aspect shouldn't matter. Absolutely. Um, and how can we maximise, do you think, the impact of these types of global campaigns across construction? I know that um, at, at the council where we're sort of using this podcast to to celebrate women and so that we do hear hear their voices and just to say there are amazing women working across the wider construction sector how how else do you think we can maximize these types of of campaigns so I think it's instrumental in ensuring that um, when uh, government creates policy when we are looking at safety initiatives that inherently we remove the assumed bias um, within those documents. Um, I think until we make it implicit that when we're talking about designing for all, safety for all, all of these um, initiatives, um, even looking at sustainability, we need to ensure we understand how different individuals are impacted. So using um, examples of of, um, International Women's Day and highlighting that currently within policy, um, even when you look at something like the CDM 2015 regulations, there's no implicit requirement in there to check the demographics on site. So if you have different construction skills, um, uh, different genders coming in, different uh, demographics coming in, undertaking the tasks, who's ensured that those tasks are safe no matter what their um, ability, their height, their age, etc.? So I think that's how we build it in. We start to, to be implicit within the policy, the strategy and the infrastructure design that we do. Yeah, and I've heard you speak um, at a previous event, particularly around this safety issue that 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 safety regulations implicitly go back to a certain height, certain weight, male crash test dummy, for for want of a better phrase. But but you explain it much better than me. Tell us tell us about that. So uh, I think the best book on this is the Carolina Criado Perez um, Invisible Women. When you look at the data gap that's used within. Um, everything from medicine um, through to, mm. yes, uh, cars, etc. I think the, the statistics she shared recently are that you are 73% more likely to be injured or killed in a car crash if you are female. So al- although we all implicitly dis- understand that we buy cars 
that we are told are designed to be safe. They're only designed to be safe if you happen to be within the percentile demographic of um, of the average male. Mm. And it's weird to think that each of us have companies we work for who absolutely sell the requirement to make sure there is zero harm, and yet they will buy vehicles (laughs) that have not been designed uh, in order to ensure that happens. And I think that engineering and construction is an amazing thing because it has the ability to change within it. Mm -hmm. So if we set the requirements that actually we don't want anything to be designed, we will not accept anything that is designed that does not um, at least consider the demographics and report what the differences are um, based on your your characteristics. And then, then we won't we won't move that forward. And we move the engineers into a space where they have to innovate the standards. The standards have to become um, applicable to the demographics that we want to employ um, within our industries. I think the other the other space around this is is understanding um, that the that the myth of mythical average hurts everybody. If you Absolutely. look within well, the construction, was, yeah, yeah, this was something look- I was going to raise because it's better for everybody if um, hygiene facilities on site are better, if safety equipment is uh, better, if it's better, it's better for everybody. Absolutely, we we I was at um I was at an event um at the ICE last week where they were talking about the skills gap and they were speaking about skills as if the skills was a con was it was a was a given, you know, skills, skills are what we need. Well, no, what we need is humans. Mm. We need more humans within the construction and engineering sector. And if we understood that that's what we're looking for and we understand why humans aren't coming to work for our industries and therefore how do we, how do we work in a way that designs for them to want to come and work for us and develop the skills that we need, that's the that that's the solution, not the skills in themselves. That's just a concept. That's a fantastic point that you make there, because it's not as if we've got hordes of men wanting to come and work in construction and we're having to, you know, hold a big banner up saying, sorry, no more men. We actually want lots of women because we think it'd be a good idea. There's lots of humans not wanting to come and work in construction. So you're at, that's a fantastic point that it that it that it's individuals we need to yeah. attract into the sector. And the, there was a piece um, that a, a, a guy came, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he he um, works for the MOD in Human Factors. And um, what he was saying, he was showing the demographic of which industries have really understood human factors and applied them. So you've got, you know, at the top of it, aviation, and then you've got things like the nuclear sector, um, and the army is coming up in there as well. Construction is right down the bottom. Mm. Is it under, is it any real, you know, it's not, that uh, you know, difficult to understand that if if we don't understand that human factors play such a massive part in error reduction, in health and safety, in mental well-being, when we understand that it's humans that you know humans that build our infrastructure, humans that maintain it, and humans that operate it and use it, we will design a much better world. And by doing that, we will reduce the amount of rework. We will you know um, implicitly uh, up uh, up the um, uh, quality that we create by not designing for humans we we make because construction industry not look like an attractive job prospect for yeah. humans yeah and that's even more important going forwards when people have got so much choice especially young people coming out of school and thinking about career paths you know they've got so much more there's careers now 
ways of making a living that we I wouldn't have even imagined when I graduated in in the early 90s you know it's there are so many more choices that are more attractive than than working potentially in construction although we work in it and we love it (laughs) and we're passionate about it and I think that's the thing isn't it those those who work within the construction industry are some of the most passionate people I know Mm. there is you know um I think I think Ed McCann said that there are three reasons why people coming into engineering construction and I'm definitely one of the ones that are I built this I mean what an amazing all of us want to leave a legacy Mm -hmm. there is not a greater job you can be in that does that, that you don't leave legacy all around you can wander around and say to your kids which is what you know, my dad used to say to me, I built that, I designed that. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's where I where I picked the bug up. Um, and it is and it is an amazing industry to be in and such an amazing group of individuals as well that you work with. You know, you get such a widespread uh, of humans uh, uh, that, um, yeah, every team is, is, is becomes a family. And I think if you look at any of the big uh, client organisations or project organisations, they do become your your work family and 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 I think that's something that we could um foster within you know within the smaller sectors as well you know within the smaller teams about having that connection across projects um where you have that support mechanism you know to to work and 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 build on each other um but yeah I'm, I'm digressing um no I think it's very important because I feel it as well and and I work obviously in home improvement as at the National Home Improvement Council. Um, But I genuinely feel as though the work that we do improves people's lives because we're working with policymakers, industry, organisations, manufacturers, other trade associations and competent person schemes to raise the standards, to uh, develop systems that allow you know, whenever somebody does choose to have their home improved or some work's done on their home, that that they're entering into a safer, more protected marketplace that allows them to it. Because and when you think as well, you're improving people's homes, it's, you know, the biggest asset value that they have. It's they save up to get the work done. People are coming in. It's a very emotional thing. So you might think, oh, it's just home improvement. What, you know, it's bricks and mortar. Well, it isn't. It's it's it. You genuinely improving if it's a good service somebody's quality of life or the opposite of that if you end up with a bad job that really you know gives the customer lots of stress and anguish and anxiety and there's a lot of um influence and power involved in that and especially with them when you start connecting to the zero carbon agenda and thinking that the the positives impact impact you can make to reduce carbon that emits from homes is going to directly impact your children's future and the quality of the planet you know what what what, why would you not want to work in construction and and I think and I think it is some of those experiences or even um you know uh, the the type of construction that you you generally see on television is is the downside you know not it's uh, other than sort of grand designs which everybody could wish about but it's <laughs> unlikely to be us um or the oh, i've forgotten what the program is when they go in and fix somebody's you know mm. house and, and make it better yeah. but the the colleagues that i have the friends and family i have that will speak so highly of the people who come in and change there and 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 about how skilled they are and i mm-hmm. think that's something we miss 
is that quite often within um, within home improvements or in within within that sector that actually it's a skilled job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's something that we we bring people in because generally we don't have the skills to to deliver it. And there's a lot of time and energy and um, competence that goes into that. It it should be considered a profession the same way as other professions are and unfortunately it's not given that due at the moment and 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 highlighting things like um international women's day helps us to highlight also that this is a skilled profession um that that people enter into i love um hattie hassan has a um a, a a group of um, women, uh, tradeswomen, where um, for for whatever reason they're they're reskilling, retraining, and normally they would be given the options of hairdressing or beauty or admin. But actually, why not? Why not retrain into a skilled profession whereby you are, as you say, entering into somebody's home and providing them a service that will ultimately change their um, outlook and their you know their well being um, for the long term future. For sure, absolutely. And this year's theme, so every year um, IWD has a different theme and this year it's all around breaking the bias. And whether deliberate or unconscious bias, it can make it difficult for women to move ahead professionally. Are there places where you see bias more than others? I think it, I think the, the, where I see the most amount of bias is at the moment um is within the trade in within the trade and the and the more um manual say um parts of of construction and i think that that goes back to how we how we envisage that role to under, to be undertaken and at the moment we design that role to be undertaken in the way that we've pretty much always designed that role to be yeah. undertaken it's very little change within that sector and you look at the innovation in other sectors um, around this space, you know, um, uh, anything from baggage handling through to, you know, uh, car automotive, a lot of mm-hmm. manual and uh, highly skilled um, trade sectors have found ways to innovate to reduce the amount of stress and strain given to a human body. And we haven't got there yet. And I think there is something around actually if we started to design for a for a human that wasn't considered to be a 20 year old that could hulk around <laughs> excessive yep. amount of um um it would increase the ability for women to be seen in that role but it would also protect the men already in that role from leaving that role with musculoskeletal injuries leaving with um, lung conditions etc etc it improves by breaking the bias and 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 questioning the way we design um, infrastructure and um, buildings to be built and maintained we fundamentally improve it for everybody yeah that is music to my ears because um as listeners all know, I'm third generation new build house builders and have family members who have been uh, gas engineers and plumbers. And they all end up with bad knees. They all say bad backs because they're scrumming around all on the floor and under sinks and trying to get behind back. You know, and the, the whole system, the system is the process is not designed well for anybody's body. So wouldn't it be fabulous if we had a system that protected those that worked in it. And if by pushing, you know, gender, the gender equality narrative um, makes that better for everybody on site, that, that would be a great thing, surely. 
Yeah, and I think I think we have got stuck in a way of assuming that the way that it's always been done is the only way that it can be done. And we're not we're not strongly questioning enough, actually, that it's not OK to continue to, you know, in this day and age, if you told if you told your neighbour you were shoving a child up your chimney to go and clean it, you you would definitely be given a second look. And I, we we need to get to the point where we're saying, well, actually, it's not okay that somebody leaves the profession with a physical or or mental or or psychological injury. That's not okay. We should be redesigning, and it is possible to. I mean, you look at it. We put a man on the moon. We can work out how to create a plumbing system that doesn't require you to be on your knees permanently or yeah. or a way that you can maintain it you know you look at the amount of drones and other technology out there it is possible to do these things it will take time but if we're not pushing that envelope it will never change and we'll still be doing this in 20 or 30 yeah. years time we had a talk at, at one of our members strategic forums actually around drones and it was phenomenal because they were using them to scan for defects in roofs on and it was but because then they were the 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 tradespeople that went up to fix the defects knew exactly where they were going less time was spent at risk at at Mm -hmm. and high high bills plus it cost the client a lot less because they didn't need to scaffold the entire building while people wandered about checking for things so you're absolutely right in technology and innovation can really play a big part it's our thinking that needs to um move on a little bit sometimes yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that the universal principle is is designing for the weakest link. And by designing for the weakest link, you're protecting the whole system. Mm. So it's understanding that actually uh, what's considered weakness is actually um, just a incorrect design. And, and what I promote and, and, and talk about a lot at Heathrow is about instead of saying I'm not I'm I could be considered as not being able to do this job because I can't be safe doing this one thing, this one task, actually saying well, this task wasn't designed for me. You need to flip the narrative, flip it around to actually more people coming forward to say, actually putting the scaffolding up there and requiring me to, to take this equipment up there in order to do the work. That's not designed for me. It must be a different way. And it's pushing that back onto our principal designers. They are required under the CDM 2015 regulations to think about these things. But as client organisations, we don't push them hard enough to show us that there are other ways of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And has because you're in construction now, um, uh, with a construction role at Heathrow would you say that the rest of your career has been traditionally male how what's your ex- been experience of, of the environment in which you've worked I'd say probably early career was a mix so call centers and um, admin uh, are mixed um, mixed roles generally there's not not a but um, working airside is definitely a, a predominantly male uh, environment and it's probably my some of my worst and best experiences were in that environment mm. um I certainly when I first started airside I'm only five foot um so a little dot as it is without without the 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 uh, um uh, female part of it as well and uh, <laughs> yeah the 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 either they would think I'd be a pushover and they could they could um literally stand 
almost face to well not face to face but they would stand very close to me to intimidate me um or I would just be um, not considered as anything useful that could help them and I think it was through showing that actually none of that worried me very much in terms of you know the the, um the bravado uh and realizing that the more I showed that I could do my job actually the more respect I had and one particular individual who was particularly difficult to me um in the beginning particularly in meetings would give me the whole back chat and everything else um was one of my biggest um uh, uh supporters by the end of it and actually you know when when I moved on into construction said that he would not have achieved or his company would not have achieved what it had if I hadn't been there to to support him so I think it is about each one of us and this is again why it's important for International Women's Day you know each one of us trailblazers as hard as it is we are setting the path for those coming after us and it's so important to be to celebrate those women who have uh, have battled the misogyny and everything else and and some of it you know some of it is culturally just the way those individuals have been brought up and Mm -hmm. some of it is there's no malice behind it it's just that's that's the way that's the way the world was made when they when they grew up and they've had no reason to think any way any different and I think not not you know meeting that um, meeting that difference of minds but being kind and positive in return um definitely uh, definitely helps you to um yeah to to create your brand and your uh, and move forward yeah and when you think about the, those early years what advice would you give your younger self now if you were to able to teleport back um <laughs> that's a good question um i think i think the biggest um the biggest piece of advice is that um, you are good enough just as you are. I think you spend so much time when you feel different from the others in your industry, trying to either wrongly be like them and prove that you can do what they can do or um, hiding parts of yourself because you're worried that it will be um, used against you. And I think that the point where I was felt most comfortable about myself and therefore was able to concentrate on the job at hand, not, not trying to balance um, uh, being someone else was actually when I, when I made the most forward, move, you know, most positive move forward. Yeah. And actually that authenticity just um, resonates with others. They are far more engaged with you um, and and, and open to be vulnerable themselves it allows others to do the same creates that psychological safe space and that mental health and well-being that we all are really striving for particularly within the construction industry you're absolutely right and I think this is exactly the same issue as the the, the physical side of things of being on site because I think there's a lot of men that also have imposter syndrome and don't feel as though they can bring their whole self to work because they feel as though they've got to be macho and they've got to act a certain way and do a certain thing. And actually, if we can all just agree to leave that all at the door, you know, if you want to be macho, do that one kind of in your own time. Let's all just bring our best selves to work and be open and honest and feel comfortable enough to say, I, I don't know how to do this bit. Can anybody help me or whatever it is? Um, then I think you know that's better for everybody. Absolutely, and I think I think a great 
example um, around that is actually, you know, what happened at the Oscars with Will Smith. I think yeah. there is, um, you know, Will Smith has ADHD, I have ADHD, and, and I can absolutely understand when that emotional overwhelm happens and you act without thinking, um, the shame that comes afterwards is immense. And, and I think what I've been talking about today is actually um, sometimes with insights because of the stress, because of everything else going on, you can be your, your, your ability to, to stop and pause can be greatly reduced um, and you can do things impulsively that you didn't mean. And then the, the shame kicks in. And I think if we create a much more safer space to say, that wasn't great, was it? Let's do it differently next time. But remove that kind of, be act with kindness, remove that um, um, that, that kind of, um, uh, you know, self, self, uh, self-harm through, um, through negative thoughts. And then it will create a much better uh, place to be in. Definitely, definitely. Now, at the end of each episode, I like to ask all my guests what advice they can give to listeners about getting their homes zero carbon ready. But don't panic. I've not got that question for you because this this episode is about celebrating women um, and about uh, International Women's Day and breaking the bias. So the question I want to ask is what simple things do you think everybody can do that supports and encourages diversity and diversity and inclusion so my first uh, my first uh, point would be be curious I think quite often we are worried about getting things wrong or saying the wrong things but if we do it from a from a point standpoint of being curious we can learn more about each other and I think that's learning more about uh, people who are different from us humans are different from us helps us to to create that that space and then I think it is about acknowledging the mistakes and the assumptions so we will all make mistakes that's human you know nobody's without you know nobody is perfect that's just a that's just a flying unicorn holding a leprechaun nobody is perfect Uh, I think when we when we accept that we all make mistakes and there will be assumptions made and it's about helping each other to recognize those mistakes recognize those assumptions and and look at how we could change that and do things differently next time and I think that leads on to the third bit which is be kind I think kindness is an under underrated um underrated value and I think the more we can be kind to ourselves and kind to others the greater the 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 inclusion that will happen on sites um it, it it doesn't take very much to to um ruin someone's day with a with an unintended uh, microaggression or unintended uh, comment by by always acting in a way that is kind um i think i think makes everybody's day better yeah absolutely well thank you so much jenny for joining us as part of this international women's day celebration of women across construction and thank you also to our listeners for choosing to listen to us today be sure to follow us across social media searching for at the nhic and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Podbean for future episodes.